Well, happy Mother's Day. I'm uh, especially thankful for all the moms that are with us. I'm glad to have my mom, my mother-in-law, and my wife, who's the mother of my children here today. Uh, my cup overflows, and uh, happy Mother's Day to all of you. Debbie Peevler is going to make her way up to the stage. I did not know Debbie several months ago, and Debbie's been coming to our church, and uh, we had the opportunity to visit and to just talk about you know, what, what baptism is about, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And Debbie comes forward this morning to make her confession of faith, and she's going to be baptized by her daughter on Mother's Day. How awesome is that? And so, Debbie, I'm going to ask you to uh, repeat after me that great confession that Peter made um, so long ago. I believe. I believe. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. Son of the living God. And I accept him. I accept him. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. All God's people said? Amen. 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 Let me pray for Debbie. And then you can clap. Let me pray, and then you can clap. Let's do that. God, thank you so much for Debbie. And it's just been awesome to get to know her and just to see uh, just the hunger that she has. And I'm so thankful for um, her daughter and, and all the people that have encouraged her. I'm thankful for her Sunday school class, the Lord Love Ladies that have uh, just helped her continue to, to grow. And we're so excited to see her baptism today. We thank you for the hope we have in your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, now you can clap. All right. Um, a busy church has bunches of announcements. So here you go. Pay attention. All of this is uh, important stuff you need to know. Blood pressure checks are happening today. Um, originally, the, the first Sunday of every month, we moved it to the second Sunday. So uh, make sure you take advantage of that great ministry directory pictures are taking place in the foyer. Russ Hicks has taken like 150 pictures. So um, make sure you take advantage of this great opportunity for our new online directory. Date night is Friday night. And so uh, take advantage of this opportunity. There's no cost for it. We're going to have a blast with your kids from 5.30 to 8.30. Allison and Cassandra have set this up, and the, the staff and, and our spouses and some of our children are going to be helping with date night on Friday night. Next Sunday night's Discover FCC from 5.30 to 7. And if you don't know about the history, theology, or ministries of our church, come on out in the Family Life Center. Uh, maybe you've been to a class years ago. We'd love to have you come back. A light supper will be served, and it will be a blessing. On the 22nd, two really important things are happening. Samuel Green's ordination is going to happen at 9.30 in the morning, and then uh, that evening we're doing a prayer walk. And we're going to be praying um, in the building. For those of you that maybe don't have great mobility, we're going to keep you here in the building. But a team of us are going to go out to Little Galilee Camp, and we're going to pray over the camp. We're going to pray over the cabins. We're going to pray over the activity center, the dining hall, the future dining hall. And we're going to pray that uh, God will work in a great and mighty way this summer through the ministry of Little Galilee Camp. Along those lines, if you have children or grandchildren that want to go to camp, FCC will pay half tuition. Uh, for one week of camp, one session of camp. If you don't have the money for half tuition, we'll pay 100%. We want to see kids go to Little Galilee and learn all about Jesus. Also, during our prayer walk, we're going to go out to the power plant. Now, we're not going to go into the power plant. We would get arrested if we tried to do that. But we are going to pray over just this whole situation. And you need to be praying. You need to be praying for people in Springfield to, uh, to get it together. You need to be praying for local leaders that, that they can have the, the, the right amount of pressure and that, you know, God will work. We really need to do all we can on our end here 
And if you want information about how to communicate with your legislatures, we have that information uh, on the bulletin board outside of the office. One final announcement, and maybe uh, something that is on your radar, maybe it's not. We do a 5K race every year to raise $5,000 for, for uh, summer mission trips. And that is going to take place on Saturday, May 21. You can run the 5K, you can walk the 5K, you can skip the 5K, whatever you want to do, come on out. It's a great cause and it's a lot of fun. If you're saying, I don't do 5Ks, come help with the 5K or financially sponsor someone that is a part of the 5K. That's a week from Saturday, May the 21st. We are in the midst of our month of prayer, and we hope that you've got your copy of Extreme Prayer by Greg Pruitt from PBT. If you don't, we have them available. How many we got left? Are we getting toward the end? Uh, we'll order more if we have to, but we'd love to go through these today. This is an awesome book on prayer, on extreme prayer, and I hope that you're making the most of that opportunity. Two special things that you need to know. Wednesday nights, well, Samuel Green is leading a Bible study on prayer. We had our first one Wednesday. Next one's going to be this Wednesday in the Family Life Center from 6 to 7 p.m. I, I had uh, someone come up to me afterwards who was a participant, and they simply said, Wow, that was awesome. And so um, I'm not going to tell you who said that. Her initials are Becky Glenn. But come on out Wednesday night and since the wow. It really was a wow, wasn't it? It was great. So Wednesday night from 6 to 7 in the Family Life Center. And next week, one of my favorite professors from my time at Lincoln, Dr. Neil Windham, will be uh, sharing with us on the topic of prayer as faithfulness. And what's that look like and what's that mean? And you will not want to miss next week, 8.15 and 10.45. We started last week, week one, looking at some prayer realities. What are some realities of prayer? And one reality is that prayer is important, and we know that. And another reality is that prayer is powerful. And we looked at Bible passages that articulate the importance of prayer and the power of prayer. But we ended with this third idea, this third reality, that the goal is really to become dependent on prayer. And I'm an independent kind of guy. We're, we're independent kind of people. And we don't necessarily want to lean on anyone or need anyone. And yet really, through all of this, if you walk away with a better understanding that you shouldn't try to go through life all by yourself, that you really need the Lord, that you don't need to just say that God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for our food, prayer, and say that's enough. But I really need to commune with the Lord through prayer. I can't get through a week without leaning on the Lord in prayer. Then it's been mission accomplished. And so that's the goal. Today, I want to start with an account of Scripture where the context is prayer. It's Acts chapter 3. And it's Peter and John, and it's probably several weeks, maybe a couple months following the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the context of Acts chapter 3 is Peter and John and other disciples, they're going to pray. It was a part of their day. It was a part of their routine. They would take time, and they would go, and they would pray. And on their way to pray, they meet a really sad life circumstance. They meet a cripple. They meet a guy that can't walk. And because he can't walk, he can't work. And because there's no Social Security, there's no government intervention, he's got one thing to do. Hold his hand out and ask for money. He says, can you help me? And Peter and John, they don't have a lot of money. They're doing the disciple thing. 
And so Peter says, I don't have any silver, I don't have any gold, but I've got something better than that. Verse 6 of Acts 3, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And if you grew up in junior church, you know the junior church song. It said that he jumped up and he went walking and he went leaping and he was praising God. And it's a miracle. And it's awesome. And this summer, when we go through the book of Acts, we're going to take a Sunday and we're going to look at that account in depth. But what I want to focus in on this morning is simply this. Where did Peter and John get this concept of in the name of Jesus Christ? Where did that come from? In the name of Jesus Christ, where did that come from? Well, John chapters 14 through 17 is really one big, huge discourse where Jesus is pouring his heart out to his disciples. He knows he's going to the cross. He he knows his time on earth is short, and he is pouring out his heart to the disciples. And John chapters 14 through 17 are especially important to this movement, the Restoration Movement, the Christian Church, our founding fathers, guys like Alexander Campbell and Barton W. Stone and Walter Scott, um, John 17 especially really drove them to this idea of unity and this idea of we need to be a unity movement. But in the midst of that, John chapters 14 through 17, we see not once, not twice, five different times this idea of praying in the name of Jesus, asking in the name of Jesus. In chapter 14, verse 13, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name. In verse 14 of chapter 14, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. John chapter 15, verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. John chapter 15, verse 16, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And then finally, John chapter 16, 23 and 24, I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Whatever you ask, if it's in my name, it's going to be delivered. Anything you want, pray in my name, and God will hear your prayer, and God will answer your prayer. Now, the temptation here would be to say, you know, I'm not digging my house that much. I I love a better house. And my car, it just hit 100,000 miles. Maybe it's time for some new wheels in my clothes. Maybe I need a new wardrobe. Don't miss the in the name of Jesus part. And that's really what this message is all about today. What does it look like when we pray in Jesus' name? How is that prayer different maybe from other prayers that might be offered up? How do I pray in Jesus' name? What does it look like when I pray in Jesus' name? And number one is this. When I pray in Jesus' name, I'm praying prayers that are focused and driven by the will of God. They're focused and they're driven by the will of God. You know the Lord's Prayer? We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer to get part of the Lord's Prayer at the end of our service today when Samuel leads us with a closing prayer. But the Lord's Prayer is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mountain. And Jesus says to his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. And here's what he says in here. He says, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, these words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we pray the way Jesus calls us to pray, we got to consider the will of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. Remember what he said? He said, God, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to die on the cross. He said it like this. Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Can we have a plan B? Can we have another option? Do I really have to die on the cross? But here's how he ends that prayer. He says, but not my will, but your will. Praying prayers in Jesus' name takes into account and is driven by the will of God. For our lives, the will of God. For our church, the will of God. For our community, the will of God. For the missions that we support, praying that the will of God be fulfilled. So I'm going to give you three kind of in-your-face questions to consider. And they're in my face. Maybe they're, they're in, I hope they're in your face as well. And as we pray these prayers, I want you to honestly look at your prayer life. I want you to look at the, pray, the prayers that you've prayed the last seven days. Since second service last week, when we wrapped up with week one, what did your prayers sound like? What, what rang through your prayers? And here's question number one. Do your prayers speak to your will? Or do your prayers speak to God's will? What do I mean by that? Well, let's just say you adopt Little Galilee Christian Camp as a, as, as a heart of your prayers for the next several weeks, next, maybe all the way through August. I mean, last year, 120-some kids uh, were baptized and came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and it's an awesome camp, and you know they got registrations coming through like crazy, and more and more students are learning about Jesus. And if you go and you pray, God, help them raise $2 million so they can get their dining hall right now. That's a good prayer, and I hope that God answers that prayer this year. It'd be awesome. But are we doing it just so we can have a better dining hall? No, we're doing it so we can further fulfill the mission. So this camp can, can further be in tune with the will of God. So the camp isn't just summer camp, but it can be winter camp and spring camp and year-round camp, and more and more people learn about Jesus. Do your prayers speak to your will, or do they speak to God's will? Number two. Praying prayers in Jesus' name forces us to pray prayers that are aligned with the passions of Jesus. Aligned with the passions of Jesus. Have, have you ever considered the passions of Jesus? Think for just a moment. What are some of the passions of Jesus? Think about that. What, what really turned Jesus on in a good way? What maybe really turned Jesus on to the point that he got really angry and turned tables over and got really fired up? Here are some of the passions of Jesus. And this is not an exhaustive list. We, we, could, we could have a list probably three times this size. But Jesus had a passion for the poor and the oppressed. It broke the heart of Jesus that there were people that were without. Jesus had a passion for the kingdom of God. Over and over and over again, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Jesus had a passion for unity. John chapter 17, he doesn't want his followers to be divided. He doesn't want this church, this church, this church, this church, all going different directions. He wants a unity of believers. Jesus had a passion for the servant's heart. That's why he washed his disciples' feet. Peter didn't get it. Peter's like, don't just wash the feet, give me a bath. Jesus is like, Peter, you're missing the point. It's all about serving one another. Jesus had a passion for children. That's why that's a priority at First Christian Church. That's why we unashamedly make children's ministry and youth ministry a priority. And we always will. Jesus had a heart for children. Jesus had a heart for lost and broken people. 
That's why he spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes. They were considered the kind of yucky people of the day. And, and that's why the religious leaders really busted Jesus' chops over and over and over. What are you doing with the tax collectors? Enough already. What are you doing with the prostitutes? And you know, we've read the scripture, we live on the other side of history. If I announced to you that I was going to put into to practice this week, hang out with prostitute week, well, you wouldn't be excited about that, probably, right? That wouldn't excite you, but it excited Jesus. Because he wanted to help broken people. He wanted to help people whose lives were all messed up. He said it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. And probably his greatest passion was the passion of love, loving God and loving others. He was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he didn't go to any of the do nots. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. In our book, Extreme Prayer, page 20, Pruitt writes, when we pray the passions of Jesus, we are presenting requests that resonate with Jesus' character. Praying for his namesake prayers that advance his plans on earth. So in your face, question number two. As you pray, do your prayers speak to Jesus' passions? Or do your prayers speak to other passions? Or other perspectives? Are our prayers aligned with the passion, the heart of Jesus Something that, uh, I left this out, I, I shared it in first service, and um, listening to the tape, I just forgot to mention it for some reason, but um, our staff has been praying every day since October for unity within this congregation. And you know, it's been a, it's been a tough nine, ten months, and, and it's still not where it needs to be, quite honestly. And so I've got this really obnoxious alarm on my cell phone, and it goes off every day at 2.02 to remind me of Philippians 2.2 and to pray for unity and to pray for peace. And that's a Jesus passion. That's a prayer I'm unashamed to pray. Do our prayers speak to Jesus' passions or other passions? Number three, praying in Jesus' name means praying big picture kingdom prayers. In Acts chapter 10, the context once again in Acts chapter 10 is prayer Peter goes up on the roof to pray and while he's there he kind of falls into a trance and God gives him a vision and the vision is that his perspective of the kingdom has been skewed his vision is transformed he understands again I don't want to steal the thunder we're going to tackle this on July 17 but he is basically given the message by the Lord that all people are open for the grace of God we're done with this insiders, outsiders thing. The grace of God is available to all. And it's really right there that the book of Acts takes a kind of different shift. Before long, we're on missionary journeys and we're taking the gospel literally all over the world. But it's Peter, who was very resistant at first, that receives this transformed perspective. And the context is prayer. What, what exactly did he pray? I don't know. But he might have been praying something like, God, what, what are you calling me to do? God, what's next? God, what's the mission look like? God, how can I be a part of the mission? Here's the point. When we pray for the mission of God, it brings power beyond measure. And I got to tell you, when I first read through the book Extreme Prayer, 
I was blown away. I read a lot of books. People are always handing me, check this out, look at this, look at this article, go to this website, and it's all good stuff, and I love doing all of it, but I don't have a wow factor a lot of the time, and I probably should, and shame on me, but when I read this book, I had a wow factor. Wow, God. Wow. And their strategy to take their mission to the next level, really the next couple levels, was prayer. That was the strategy. And they started praying kingdom prayers. They started praying Jesus' passion prayers. They started praying will of God prayers. And shazam, God delivered. And PBT is literally changing the world through Bible translation. We have no, no idea how blessed we are. I mean, I bet you have Bibles in your house that you haven't opened in a year. I, I know I do. I have more Bibles than I need. And there are people groups on the face of this earth that do not have the Bible in their language. And this is a ministry that's changing the world. I want to put a picture up on the screen. And some of you have heard this, and you know, those of you that have, just play along with me the second time. But this is um, a picture from my trip to India. And I'm in a, a kind of a remote village, Chuchanapur, and it's Saturday, and I'm tired, to be honest with you. You know, we did like a 16, 18-hour flight, and um, I'm eating food I'm not used to eating, and my days and my nights are mixed up. And I'd preach that morning, and I was going to preach that evening, and we had a cultural thing going on. And they said, you want to do a nap? Do you want to do a CS? And I'm like, absolutely yes. Bingo. And so in the middle of the nap, there's a, a, a knock at the host's home, and these three ladies are, are, are coming to see me. They want to talk to the American preacher. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, that's nice, that's sweet. I put on my clothes, I, I go out. They don't speak a lick of English. I don't speak a lick of their language. And the one thing I get from the translators, they, they want to pray. And so I'm thinking, okay, God, you gave me a great moment. They want me to pray for them. They didn't have shoes on. Their hands are, are hard and calloused. They probably worked every day of their life. Um, live in incredible poverty. And I'm thinking, okay, as the American preacher, I'm going to pray for some prosperity to come to them. I'm going to pray that 2014 will be a prosperous year and that their village will, 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 will be blessed by the Lord. And so I get ready to pray one of my Greg Taylor preacher prayers. And the translator's like, no, 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 stop. You, you, you're missing the point. They don't want you to pray for them. They want to pray for you. Wow, Okay. And so I got down on a knee, and these women with this hard, calloused hands put their hands on me, and the lady in the middle just starts going. I mean, it's just a powerful, powerful prayer. I, I don't know what she's saying because I don't speak the language. But the translator's giving me the kind of the Reader's Digest version, gets done, give them a hug, we take a picture, they go on their way, and I, I grab the translator, and I say, okay, what'd they say? They were praying that you would boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in Northeast India and anywhere the Lord calls you to go. They prayed for your church in central Illinois, a place they've never been to, a place they'll never get to. They prayed that your church's influence in your community will never dry up. I mean, just a laundry list of kingdom-focused prayers. Those women haven't been to Bible college. I don't even know if they even have a Sunday school where they go to church. But I know this, they know the power of a kingdom prayer. And they, they were unashamed to say, I'm praying boldly in the name of Jesus. I've never been so thankful to be awakened from a nap than that day. Question to consider, question in your face. Are your prayers merely 
61727, focus. I don't want you to miss the point. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for our community. We should. I'm not saying that our prayers can't have a a, a local tinge to it. They should. But how's it fit in with the kingdom? How's it fit in with God's master plan? How's it help us fulfill the mission? Here's your bottom line for this morning as I close. When we pray prayers in Jesus' name, what we are doing is we're saying we want to aim higher. We want to think bigger. And we want to focus outward. We don't want to just say, God, it's all about me. John the Apostle put it like this in his first epistle, chapter 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that he will deliver. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to consider what it means to pray in Jesus' name. And God, it is good to pray, and we need to be a church that prays, and we need to be families that pray, and we need to be individual followers of Jesus that pray. But God, help us to go to the next level. Help us not just to consider our lives, but your will. Help us to not just consider our passions, but Jesus' passions. Help us to pray kingdom prayers. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.